Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there uh, taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo uh, over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie. Kind of odd if uh, if Brupolo was in. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many good names to pick. I never really know which way to go. Have I done learned it yet? I don't think so. All right then. It would be weird if Brupolo was in learned. <laughs> Shane Reed said yesterday it'd be really weird if it was in Tampa. It would be. Well, you know, Saint Brutusburg would work. I'm good with that. Yeah. Tampa. Speaking Bird. of Shane, I stopped in at Woody's the other day and got me some uh, chicken nugs. So I had a thought, and maybe we'll do this next year, of doing a throwback podcast the week of the SEC championship game where we and I would preview the 1998 SEC championship game. And we could still do our sponsors, but instead of Strange Brew, we would talk about Woody's. Hey, we're talking about that. Hey, talk about if you need if you got to need if you need got a hankering for chicken nuggets and uh, and JoJo potatoes, we know where to go. Dude, that place was popping the other day. I stopped in there on, on the way to Hattiesburg for the state championships, and I was like, I'm getting some nuggets. Yeah, and so I got that. You know, they just like put it in like a paper bag. Yeah, and. Uh, the, so good. You got the you got the uh, potato logs or the wedges. When or whatever. they would stay open during finals till like five in the morning or whatever, basically they would just close down to clean for an hour and then come right back to work. I mean, those were the days, man. Getting pile up in the car after studying all night. Heck yeah, it, morning, three in the morning. It was bad for my health. I lived a, I lived awful. a mile. I lived a mile from there mm-hmm. for like a for like six months, and that's where I went and ate because there was nothing else. I mean, you'd have to go to Louisville to get something. So. They had everything you wanted right there in Woody's. There it is. So we'll, we'll think about that idea uh, for, for next year. We might, we might, it's just, I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm good with it. All right. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you are looking for this holiday season. They've got two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet, they're in Florida by the Half Shell. You've got to think time is running out. On terms of, you know, if you want to order something from collegecornerstore.com, getting it shipped. So go there today. Check out what's going on. I've sent out some links the past few days to some items that I'm a fan of. Maybe give those a look. But you can always find whatever you're looking for. Mississippi State at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler on the corner of Washington and Main Street. That is the that is the corner of cuisine here in Starkville. That is the place to go. That is the flagship restaurant in this town. 
the, the way they do it, I keep talking about it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't understand how they go from like this, you know, southern meeting, you know, three kind of place during the day to white tablecloth at night. But they pull it off, and they have been doing so for a long, long time. So if you're looking for the best blue plate in town, they've got it. But if you're looking for a fancy meal, you want to impress somebody, Restaurant Tyler is always number one on my list. Firehouse Subs, that's the place this holiday season to go pick up a party platter from. You'll be as welcome as Santa at the Christmas party if you show up with Firehouse Subs. Call your local Firehouse Subs to find out what deals they've got. And, of course, that's always a great place just to stop in for lunch, especially if you're using the Firehouse Subs app. Download it now. You get free reward points on every order you place. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. So just just so everybody cl- we clearly, I didn't explain yesterday. It's just a timing issue yesterday. The delay of state's bowl announcement cost Robbie the spot on the podcast. The man had to go to church. I can't. I can't say no, no. Skip out on that and do the podcast. What, what were people happy? Sad? What was I have the... received no feedback whatsoever. So oh, okay. You, you made it sound like you had to clarify. No, something no, but like I, there. I just wanted to be sure why people knew why you weren't here. Yeah, you are not. You were neither missed uh, nor mourned. Well, that's depressing. Well, you know, I, I think I'd rather you've been having a pretty, you've been having like, a pretty good run of things lately. I had to bring you down a little bit. Have I been having a good run of things? You just had a great weekend in Hattiesburg. Had the uh, you, anytime you get to eat at two Robert St. John restaurants in a weekend. That's and a, almost went to three. I almost went to Midtowner, but I was you like, Midtowner get... for breakfast on on Sunday. No, I had to. I, I slept in a little bit out. on Sunday. I know. Yeah. You, you know. You know. I know. Oh, I missed. I know. Out. I know. I didn't know when breakfast ended. Or what is was it the all quesadilla? Day thing? They're open for lunch. Chicken quesadilla. It was. Oh my god. It, we we just we went to uh, we went to mahogany bar after mm-hmm. the game. It was only open for like a few more minutes because we got done at like eleven. Mm-hmm. And I was starving, so I wanted something off the menu, and they had, you know, like the little bar food. Bar food, but yeah. their bar food is not like your normal. Like we got some nachos and like some right, right. like we got a hamburger we can make you, and it's not very good. No, like some wings out of the freezer. No, yeah. no, no. This is like legit food. quesadilla. Yeah, I, I don't know what they. I don't know what all was like seasoned in the the chicken or what, but. It was shredded chicken. It, it tasted like it had been marinating or something for like a couple of days. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. I shared a quesadilla with our friend Matt St. Jean, who is in his final days at WTVA. We're going to miss him. We will. Uh, but his quesadilla didn't come out. And I had two quesadillas the size of my head that uh, that came to the table. So I was like, Matt, I, I'm getting fat, but I can't eat this. Like my stomach's starting to expand over time, but I even I cannot eat this. So but it was would be like me. <laughs> but it was delicious, man. And then of course Ed's burgers that day was favorite. great too. My favorite. All right. Let's get into it. And you know, yesterday's show, Robbie, I made a public service announcement. Because I wanted to let everybody know that they needed to prepare themselves for Mississippi State to possibly be ranked in the AP top twenty five, not in football. Men's basketball. Now, I'll tell you that, you know, I like Chris Jans. I'm very hopeful about his tenure here. I thought he was the, 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 the right hire. Uh, you know, nothing but positive things. But you could have knocked me over with a feather 
If you had told me on December the 5th, I was going to be talking about a ranked Mississippi State men's basketball team. This this rebuild, and that's what it is. It is a rebuild. It's just ahead of schedule. State's net came out today. They, they, they did the first net rankings of the 22-23 season. State's fifth. Fifth. They only have three non-conference games, or four, I'm sorry, four non-conference games left, left to play. All of them are three of them are against low-ranked teams. One Drake, that has a Q2, Q1 opportunity there. But regardless of that, there are only four games left. At worst, State's going to be in the top 30 of net, and then they have a conference play where your net's just going to sort of stay where it is because the SEC is a good basketball conference. They have a legitimate chance if they can finish near 500 or at 500 in the league to go to the NCAA tournament in year one. This guy's a miracle worker thus far. You win eight or nine games in SEC play, you got a shot. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't slip up here in non-conference play. But to be sitting at five in the net, I mean, in the past we've been talking about like the team's been in like the hundreds at this point. Yeah. And you're saying, well, they're going to play some good teams in SEC play. It's going to work out. Yeah. Just, you know, get to, get to ten wins in SEC play, maybe win a couple of games in the tournament. You got a chance to get the incident of blaze. This team is firmly, I haven't seen the latest bracketology, which I assume comes out at some point today. Yeah. Um, you would think. But they're firmly in the incident of blaze tournament. To have a net where it is right now, and just about every national college basketball writer is on board with Mississippi State at this point. Gary Parrish has state 11th, I think, currently. Uh, I think Jeff Goodman's been high on Mississippi State. He has been in his top 25, yes. I mean, these guys have been kind of ahead of the game, and I don't know if it's a relationship with Chris Jans, if they've like kept a close eye on Mississippi State or what, but they are obviously very impressed with what they've seen so far. And listen, again, this is going to continue to be – I don't know another word to say uh, about this, but it's, it's an ugly-looking 8-0 because that's kind of what this team does. They muddy things up. They make games ugly because of what they do on defense. They're not going to be great on the offensive side of the ball, although the efficiency is climbing a little bit, I think. But the defense is elite at this point. They've held every single team they've played to 55 points or less. And in this age of basketball, and it's kind of the same in, in football in some respects where offense is kind of you know, ruling all, everybody's scoring points – to do that at this stage is pretty amazing. It's, it's kind of what Virginia has made a living doing over the past few years yeah, as well, what example. they do. There's not many teams that can do this, that can limit teams like that. And there's going to be some good teams that state plays and SEC play, but now we're starting to see, you know, that you start pulling the microscope back a little bit and you start seeing Marquette getting a top 10 win last week, Utah getting a top 10 win last week. Mm -hmm. You absolutely – just strangled those teams defensively. Yeah. And those are teams that could score points and Marquette, did score points. You scored you gave up 55 I think to Marquette and they scored 96 on Baylor, the number 6 team in the country at the time. Yeah. So the state's not just doing this a bunch of against a bunch of cupcakes. And it's not smoke and, and mirrors either. It's I mean no. this these are real performances. The the metrics are going to bear that out. The metrics are going to like Mississippi State all season long because of their defense and and the way they play. And I, I I mentioned this on Thunder and Lightning Live. I believe when Jans talks about the offense will come, 
these guys were all good scorers at some point in their basketball career. They know how to get the ball into the hoop. I think State's going to continue to improve as a shooting team. When Deshaun Davis comes back, that'll be a big boost for this team. That it will hopefully be in this Sunday game uh, against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota is not a good basketball team. This is a chance to get a true road win, though, which is always a plus for your resume. I mean, it's difficult to wrap my head around how much better they are. I mean, I honestly thought at this point, okay, that the tournament in Fort Myers, they'll probably split there. They might drop another one just because maybe I've just sort of gotten used to the howling results over the past few years. But this team is is so far ahead of schedule, it's a joke. I mean, right now, what are we talking about for year two when you you know you hit the portal again and now you've got a year's worth of results to bear it out? Mississippi State, Mississippi State made the right hire. I mean, I, I hate to judge it eight games in. I really do, but you can't say anything but Chris Jans is his his touch on this program has been fantastic. Oh, there's no doubt. It'd be different if you were sitting here and, and states only played the Arkansas Pine Bluffs and the and the valleys of the world. Um and they have those teams on the schedule, but to to do it against teams that we know are gonna be good, like Akron, uh Utah, Marquette. Even Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, we expect them to be good. They return to everybody from an NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. They're not playing a bunch of, of scrubs. So it, it's been really impressive to see what Chris Jans has implemented in, in year one. And to do it, to, to put together a, a defensive unit that's so cohesive at this point and so impressive in how they switch. The switching, to me, is what's really impressive. Mm-hmm. They switch from one guy to the next. I mean, how many times did we see under Ben Howland getting late to a to a shooter, you know, not being able to switch in time off a pick? This team switches so well. They close on shooters really well. It's just a suffocating they, defense. They were it's so bad. Score. They were so bad at help defense a year ago that I was of the opinion they should just stop having help defense. Just play your man. And go from there because they continually left wide open shooters. This team, yep. however, has found the formula. They've 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 cracked the code on how to help and not give up open shots as a result of it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I didn't get to watch uh, any of the Valley games. I was at uh, Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you really take away from that game, but they dominated it, just, it though. It was just another game that I think they struggled kind of in the early going. Yeah. Uh, to really pull away, but uh, thirty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what can you say about that? But I've been impressed with uh, Cam Matthews this year. Uh, a healthy Tolu obviously has been the difference for Mississippi State. I mean, you you could not get him healthy for a long period of time last year, and I think that was a big issue for them and their consistency. Having that guy that's just an alpha down there that you know you can get 20, 20 points from, you can get double-doubles, that's going to be huge for them. And I think Deshaun Davis, when he gets back healthy, mm-hmm. that should go a long way for them because he was the difference in that uh, that Utah game. Mm-hmm. When, when State just could not get anybody to buy a bucket, he kind of pulled them out of it. And I, I think that's what he's going to be able to do for you. I think he's going to be able to hit some big shots for you, which – Quite frankly, I I wasn't really expecting that out of him. Um, when you looked at his numbers of what he had at Oregon State, I wasn't expecting him to come in here and be a guy that could knock down some big shots for you. But 
he's been really good when he's been in there. I mean, looking at his stats right now, six of nine against Utah, two of three against Corpus Christi, two of two, of two against Akron. So he's only missed like five or six three-pointers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he's going to continuously hit at a 70% clip, but right. he's a guy that if you can get, you know, 40%, you're going to be happy about that. And so the uh, the you know the train goes on. State and having a week off this week kind of works for Mississippi State. They are they've been a little banged up. You know, Jamel Horton was back in the lineup uh, on Saturday against Mississippi Valley, uh, but getting him 100, percent getting Davis back to 100, percent which you think he should be, should be able to play in this game uh, against Minnesota will be huge for Mississippi State. And then, like I said, it's Jackson State, Nichols, and then you have the game in Nebraska against Drake. That closes out non-conference play, and then you know you're you're into the SEC. You don't really go in lightly with Alabama and Tennessee as your first two games, but should have a ton of momentum. And the way they play basketball, they're just going to be tough for everybody in the conference because they they muddy the game, they make it so ugly that even teams like Kentucky, who have you know have a, a huge talent advantage over Mississippi State, although I will say that Tolu Smith is one of the few guys in the conference that can maybe go head-to-head with Oscar Shibway. But they just, they just make it a street fight, and that's something when, when, you, when you don't have the talent that other, that other teams have, being able to do that and, and, and drag them down into the dirt, that's, the, that's, that's a winning formula a lot of times. Yeah, because it just makes you really uncomfortable. And when when you get uncomfortable, whether it be at home or on the road, it really changes everything that you like to do. Um, so I think I I think they're going to be in just about, if not every game they play this year. And the differences in between wins and losses is going to be: can they be efficient on the offensive side of the ball? Can they come up with with possessions where you know if shot shot clock's running down and uh, you miss a three pointer? Can you get an offensive rebound and, and stick it back in? You don't have to come out there and and shoot forty five fifty percent, but can their possessions somehow end in points more often than not? And that sounds like you know easier said than done, but in those kind of games, that's what's going to have to happen. State's going to have to have a big shot. They're going to have to be more efficient on the offensive side of the ball than the other team is. And as long as you're playing that defense, you're going to have a chance to do that. And I think by by the end of the year, this offense will be better than it is right now. I think everybody's going to improve as the season goes on. But right now, it's not particularly pretty all the time. But I think that's how you're going to see this, this team under Chris Jans more often than not. He's going to get some guys in here that are going to be able to score the basketball a little better than the roster that he has. But as long as you have that foundation of defensive principles and intensity that they do, you're going to have a good program. That blue-collar mentality, that grinded-out mentality, that's going to win you a lot of ball games. It still works. No matter what's happening with the Golden State you know, Warriors brand of basketball that's kind of expanded across all stages, defense is always going to be – the difference between championship teams, winning basketball teams, and the ones that are just posers. Because mm-hmm. defense travels from home to away, wherever, neutral site, wherever you're at, that defense is going to be consistent throughout uh, the entire season. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, fun team to watch thus far. We'll see how far they can take it. It's going to be interesting to be interesting in March. I'll just say that. 
And I think you know, there's a lot of people that are um, are still kind of upset about the crowds and all that stuff. I think that's going to come. It, um, it, it's going to be a process. And, and yeah. that first home game with Alabama, it's not going to be a great crowd. I mean, it, it could be half full, maybe, maybe even 6,000. But until the students are back in town, you, you don't have that. The game with Ole Miss on January the 7th is going to be – the, the measuring stick. That should be a not only a good crowd, that should be a crazy old school Humphrey Coliseum kind of crowd. State I think out. just like right now, yeah. It's always going to be difficult to get people to go see Mississippi State versus Mississippi Valley. Yeah. I mean, it just is. It's it, it is what it is. People don't want to go see Mississippi State versus Mississippi Valley. Right. A lot of people didn't want to go see State versus Omaha. I mean it's just when you have yeah. that kind of schedule early on, that's that's what you're going to get. Yeah. But I will say this. Especially when you're coming a, out of a decade of not playing well. Right. I think that there's been a conscious effort by people mm-hmm. to get to the games. There's, there's it, a buzz. It's been, it's been better crowds than mm-hmm. normal. I agree. Sure. This is just the beginning of the Jans era. I mean, I, let's give it a little bit of time. I think – SEC play, it's really going to come this year. And people are still a little, they're still a little nervous, you know. How some years where he, he got off to a hot start? It's always that first game with Ole Miss. It's always that game. If 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 Jans wins that game, the amount of goodwill and credit he's going to have is going to be enough to almost take him through the season. Needs to beat them that first game and 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 reestablish Mississippi State as the top dog in this state in basketball. And then you just sort of go, you can just sort of glide on from there. So Huge game and, on the seven. And I think people have to, it's important for people to remember too. There's going to be some downtimes for this team this year. The the eight no start is great, but they're gonna have some losses. Right. And there's gonna be some nights where you say, gosh, this offense is not good. And that's that it is what it is. That that's it's gonna be some growing pains with this team. But you can see the early stages of Chris Jan's principles. Of his the foundation that he lays in his program, mm-hmm. state's going to have to fork out some money for this guy. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to go ahead and tell you he's going to be a hot commodity, and I believe the, and soon. the fan, I believe the fan base is going to get behind him. But you guys better get to the hump, yeah, because you're going to have to to sell him on staying here. I think. I agree I, because yeah. I think it might not be this year. It might be next year or the year after that. But somebody's going to come calling after this guy. Because he is a stud. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets it. He knows how to build a program. He knows how to coach. He needs the support, and he's going to need the money, too. And I think State's going to be willing to pay him. Let's move over to a, uh, a different topic here before we uh, go to commercial. But that is, uh, if you've heard a, anything today, if you heard the noise, that's the transfer portal and how busy it's been uh, for NCA for college football. Uh, chances are that you yourself are, have entered the transfer portal and you're not quite aware of it. Uh, I think at this point, you know, we, the portal has been open since midnight on uh, on Sunday night, or I guess Monday morning. It's now 124 Monday afternoon. Uh, almost 800 kids have entered the portal. I saw a stat Ugh. that nearly almost 4,000 entered a year ago, only around 800 of them found a permanent home, uh, or at least at the same level they were playing at, I guess was the stat. Mississippi State, obviously not immune. We talked about Ra Ra Thomas and Katravian Hargrove yesterday. Daniel Greek has entered the portal. I'm going to admit to being surprised by that. And I'll tell yeah, you, I thought he would stick around a little bit. 
Well, I'll tell you why. Yeah, because I think he, you know, he signed in a two QB class with a guy that was much higher rated than him. So I'm sure he had a lot of confidence in his abilities. Like, look, if I go in there and work hard and do some things right, I can, I can win that job. But at the same time, you got to kind of know that you weren't the top guy, even in your own signing class. And you were coming to a school that had a freshman starting quarterback. It's kind of like, what did you expect? You, you could not have expected to be the starter this point or next year at, at, at this point, to be totally honest. So I, I'm a little surprised. I thought Greek came in, to you know, may, and maybe he feels like he's gotten all he can. But I thought he sort of came in to, to learn under Leach, to get to do what he could, and then maybe go on from there. But we'll see what happens to him. We, we certainly wish him the best of luck. Yeah, that that one kind of surprised me a little bit too. I mean, in a sense, um, I thought eventually he would move on. But, yeah, I mean, we kind of knew when he was brought in, he was the number two guy in the class. And it was going to be very difficult for him to contribute at all at Mississippi State. I, he might have played a game – I, I I can't remember. I don't remember him getting in a game, but I guess he just he just wants to play. He just wants an opportunity, and I can't really blame him at all for that. And for the guys that are in the entering the portal like that, that just want an opportunity, I can't fault those guys at all. Um, the ones that I really I, I kind of scratched my head about are are the ones that are very early on in their career. They have a chance to develop things like that. It's just kind of. You know, you're you're jumping into something that you don't really know how it's going to end. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm all for kids having opportunities and and choices and all that stuff. But it seems to me like the transfer portal has become this thing where like you just you feel like you got to get in because everybody else is doing it. It feels like if you're not locked into a starting job. You feel like a bit of a, a bit of a sap for not uh, for not jumping in there and at least. And I will say this. And I, Lane Kiffin made this point a year ago, and I, I don't disagree with him. He said that if he were Bri- a player like Bryce Young, he would just get in the transfer portal just to see what's out there, right? Just yeah. to see what kind of NIL deals I could possibly pull in. Now, with somebody like Daniel Greek, it's a little different. But you know, if I'm Judkins, I know I just signed this deal with the Grove Collective, but none of that binding. You could you could get better deals if you want. I would definitely just put my foot in there, just because you know that way it's legal for everybody to contact you and you can find out what's going on. Uh, not that I, teams I, aren't not I, that teams aren't doing that anyway, but and I, I get that line of thinking. And mm-hmm. since it's since it's now a rule, yeah, you. I mean, you you should. Mm-hmm. I just hate that. I don't know. I hate that about, about it, Robbie. I don't mind the chaos. I know, I know, but I I just hate the fact that we can no longer have like we're we're no longer preaching development mm-hmm. the process of I mean here's one thing that I really and I'm I don't disrespect anybody that gets in the portal right but I I respect a little more the guys like the guys that announced last week they were staying at Mississippi State right every single one of those guys redshirted mm-hmm. every single one of those guys waited their turn worked their way. Learned the system, developed, and those guys are kind of you know unsung heroes in a sense. Yeah. Nobody's really talking about them as much outside of Mississippi State's fan base. State's going to have the top two tacklers in the SEC returning next year. Yeah, and they were both red shirts, and yeah. they both did hardly played at all their first couple of years. Yeah, and they worked I their t- way into that. I talked about this a little bit on yesterday's pod that I think State for the most part, because you look at their recruiting class, right? They're still going after three star kids. 
they're not they're not just saying let's take 10 15 high schoolers and then we'll load up the rest in the transfer portal i think state's going to continue to try to do that and just hold on to guys as best they can i think if you sign with mike leach you kind of have to have some idea that that's what you're signing up for that you know the number of impact freshmen under mike leach that's a, it's a small number so we'll see how it goes for mississippi state in that in that effort i, I think they'll be okay but state i think does a pretty good job in terms of using the portal to, to fill the holes that they need and they have some holes this year you know i, I you know they, they could use another receiver obviously with, with rah rah going i think they probably probably gonna put some eggs in the ollie jennings bucket but everybody's going to do that that's a guy that everybody's got to uh, an eye on. Will they look at the quarterback position? There have been some quarterbacks going there today that I don't think anybody was expecting. Devin Leary struck me right off the bat as a guy that Mississippi State should at least talk to and see if he's interested in coming to Starkville. To I mean, there's so many Rogers. good guys. There's so many good guys out there. You have to at least try. Yeah. You got you to at least give it a try. So names are going to continue to go through the portal. Uh, I would fully expect it to be well over a thousand by the time you guys listen to this uh, on, on Tuesday. Uh, and I, maybe a few more Mississippi State players to go. Well, the thing with State players to remember is it's just, it's just to look at the roster and say, okay, who is this guy? Is mm-hmm. is it somebody that you were counting on, or is it somebody that you know? Okay, he's probably not going to play very much. So that, you know, judge your reaction according to that. You know, right it, now the the biggest like rah rah was a surprise. Mm-hmm. A- anything coming out that like. Is a surprise is a bad surprise. Yeah, I would um, agree with at that. this point. Like if you know if if a starter comes out or something like that. And last year that was uh, Aaron Brule, so yeah. maybe Ra Ra is the only guy. Mm-hmm. I have not heard of anybody that's that's seriously considering transferring. Right. Um, so it would be it would be a a, di- a, a new development. Right yeah. now it's about, and I, I think it speaks kind of to Mike Leach. And I mean, there's this sense about him that you know people think you know players don't like playing for him or whatever he's a weird guy all this stuff coaches love coaching with him and he retains his roster for the most part i mean right now the guys that are that are probably going to leave outside of rara are the ones that they've just got to make room i mean they don't have the room yeah and that's because they've been able to retain you know you you don't want five scholarship quarterbacks next year you don't right so makes sense all right Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. It's cold outside this weekend. So that means maybe you stay inside, you fire up the Dutch oven, although we're calling it the Freedom Oven after that World Cup thing is what I was told. Uh, but anyway, get up, wrap his face. It's just like, God, sucker. Uh, what an exciting World Cup. This, they had three total points. They had, no, who, the Americans? Yeah. If they they got four points, they had oh, a win and a draw. I was I was talking about goals. I consider oh, goals. those points oh, those okay. count as points. We don't call them points. Same as same as same as in baseball, they're runs, Robbie. It's, I, I understand, but they they scored three times the entire. That time. is correct. That is that no. That, yes. 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 That is correct. Yes. Exciting. They'll get better. Wee. Anyway, big pot of chili sounds good. Big pot of spaghetti. Or any kind of uh, of red sauce pasta, always good. Taco soup, great. Beef stew, even better. Anytime there's beef in gravy, I'm probably going to be interested in what's happening in that pot. So head to the grocery store this weekend, grab some beef. The, the best thing about beef, the cheap cuts, they're the best ones to cook like that. Let them cook for hours, tender, melt in your mouth, 
every single time. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends, the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. I said on yesterday's pod, Robbie, we, we, we scratched off Restaurant Tyler from the list last week. Let's scratch off Two Brothers this week. Yes, sir. All right, we're in. Uh, and we'll, we will go to the Cotton District, and we will enjoy some smoked southern soul food, and we'll have a great time. This is what Two Brothers is all about every single time that you go there. Head over there and enjoy some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Good product, great products, great service. Every business promises it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. And they have been for 47 years, which really isn't that long when you think about it. It just, you know, feels like just the other day, right? 47 years, nothing to it. Now, next year when they go to 48, I can go back to talking about how long that's been. Anyway, when you need new technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And when you need service on those products, call Advantage Business Systems and get to talk to the same guy who made you the sale. Not somebody in a call center from God knows where. Not somebody from an out-of-state consultant firm that says, okay, yeah, I can be there maybe 10 days from now. No, no, somebody here in the state of Mississippi who's going to treat you like a neighbor. The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. So you keep seeing them. I keep tweeting them. All the great products in the collegiate collection that the Rogue has to offer. They really are doing a great job of putting out some fantastic polos and quarter zips this holiday season. Get dad what he wants. A brand new quality polo. I see some of you guys. Some of you guys need to step up your game. That's all I'm going to say. You're like, oh, that's too expensive. Step up your game. All right. You're buying a product that's that's built to last. You're not buying some shamalamba ding dong Walmart product that's going to be, you know, I got to get one every six months because you know it, it 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 fades in the wash. All right. These are quality products. They're going to last you. Think of it as an investment, and you'll look good. Instead of looking like, you know, hey, look look at that guy. I wonder if he's a Mississippi State fan as I see him from 400 yards away with his entire shirt covered in the logo. I'm just saying. Maroon is, Maroon is all that matters shirt. None of those are available at the Rogue, thankfully. I might end my sponsorship with that. I might I'd be like, you know what? We had a good relationship, but it's over. So shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop on therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Well, let's wrap things up today with a look at the All-SEC team uh, released by the Associated Press uh, a little earlier today. Uh, three Bull- Bulldogs mentioned, two on the first team. Uh, Tulu Griffin, first team all-purpose player. Manuel Forbes, first team All-SEC cornerback. And then uh, Nathaniel Watson, uh, second team linebacker. Looking here over the, uh, the the voters, some some familiar names in there. I know that Portnoy guy pretty well. He's a, He's okay. Um, oh, Adam Cole votes. Adam Cole Bebe has a vote? What the heck? That's right. So, of course, Michael Katz up there at the Northeast <clears throat> Daily Journal. Am I not in there? You are mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Robbie Falk okay. for sports. Oh, you just skimmed over. You started, well, You named everybody but me. I was about much. to get to that. I was going to get to that. I wanted to talk. look at the, the names I knew. But I'm interested to find out what happened here because you put on Twitter, Twitter that you voted for Emmanuel Forbes as the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Well, Anderson wins that award, and it says here in this article he was the unanimous pick. Robbie, you've been shafted. You've you've been you've been slighted. I know that's this makes me this makes me very upset. As it should. 
He was not. The, I might have been the only person that voted for Emmanuel Forbes as defensive player of the year. But he was not unanimous. But he was not unanimous. No, sir. I had. Let's see. I had Tulu. <clears throat> I had Tulu in Forbes first team, mm-hmm. and I had uh, Nathaniel Watson second team. Mm-hmm. So, all three of those were correct. Mm-hmm. My coach of the year was Josh Heupel. My newcomer of the year was Judkins. And my offensive player of the year was Hendon Hooker. You pretty much nailed it. I mean, I assume Heupel, yeah, was pick coach of the year. Judkins, newcomer of the year. Hooker, offensive player of the year. And then, like you said, uh, you had Forbes. Will Anderson was defensive player of the year. I would reach out to the AP and be like, hey, I need to know what's going on here. Because if my ballot's not getting counted, I I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, the thing is, my ballot, I, I was just looking at it. It's almost the like the exact ballot, like yeah. the, exa- the exact uh, selections. Yeah. The only name I'm surprised from a Mississippi State's perspective isn't on there is LaQuinston Sharp, maybe could have been second team center. But Stromberg from Arkansas, Cedric Van Pran from uh, Georgia are, are solid picks. He can't. Oh, Sharp was, I forgot I put Sharp on my second team. Yeah, like I said, I, I can't argue too much. You said I had Stromberg. I had Stromberg first team, Sharp second. I mean, my my whole thought process on that was Sharp was had, I think, among the most SEC offensive linemen of the week awards. Yeah, he had three, I think, and he had three. That's I, correct. I don't know what everybody else had, but had to have been right there with Stromberg as far couldn't as couldn't win the whole award though. Yeah, I I don't like the the process of the whole award. Yeah. It's for the best I had a prospect couple, or something. A couple of Ole Miss people tell me that Broker should not have won that award. I mean, when they're well, telling you. Isn't the, isn't the award like the best pro prospect well, or something? I don't know if it's that. It's, it's supposed to go to just the best offensive lineman in the state. I think that it's that it's voted on by the NFL scouts, so they probably see it a little differently than who's the best player this season. They think of who's the best projectable player, I guess. Yeah, I because in, in 2014 – I took a ton of heat you from did? Ole Miss fans whenever I said Ben Beckwith should have been the whole trophy winner. Right, because he was three-time, four-time SEC. Three or four-time offensive lineman of the, the week. I think he was an All-American by a couple publications. Mm-hmm. He, he had a better season than Laramie Tunzel. Mm-hmm. But because it was Laramie Tunzel, he got the award, and all the Ole Miss people were, oh, you're just a, a fanboy. You just – well, you're just picking the state guy. No, he was Ben Beckwith was the best offensive lineman in the state of Mississippi that year. Yeah, he was better than Larry Tunzel. Yeah. And Tunzel was a first round draft pick coming up a couple of years later, so they felt like he needed to be the guy. But I, I don't like that. Just pick the best guy. So there, there we have the Ole Miss fans making fun of you, but the state fans made fun of you as well, and and me for taking Quinshawn Judkins as our Connerly Award winner. Judkins won a four unanimous selections to the first team. Uh, along with Brock Browers, the tight end from Georgia, uh, his r- backfield uh, running mate Raheem Rocket Sanders from Arkansas, and then uh, as we the aforementioned Will Anderson. You said you thought Forbes should have been an all an, a unanimous All SEC prediction. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I would tell you that, and I said this that if you told me you voted uh, Kool Aid McKistry and Keely Ringo as your first team corners. I'm not going to really argue too hard against that, but but Forbes would definitely have been deserving, probably deserving of more votes than he got for Defensive Player of the Year too. Was Ringo first team? No, Kool Aid was, and then Ringo and DJ James, former MSU commitment. 
I had I had DJ James uh second team. Mm-hmm. He was second team. And uh I had first, my first team was Kool-Aid and Forbes. There you go. I actually had Dwight McLaughlin on there. He had a pretty good season for Arkansas. Yeah, it wasn't bad, yeah. I'm trying to see, is there anybody else that stands out? I think if he could have played a full season, Jaden Crumity might have been on this list, the way he was playing in those four games uh, that he got for Mississippi State. He's just so valuable Be huge in what he year. does for everybody else. I mean, yeah. you look at his numbers since he's been at State, and they're not that impressive. Well, he's a lineman, but, you know. But you have to consider that defense against Ole Miss and even, you know, the other games he played in was so much more physical up front with him out there. What could withstand a running game? Yeah, agree. And that's I think that's that's going to be the that's going to be huge for them next year to get a full season out of him. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. You know what to do with that. Send us your questions. We'll be happy to answer them. We'll have to talk some more recruiting later in the week. Expecting to see some more commitments come in uh, for Mississippi State after their first recruiting weekend uh, of the uh, the early signing period. That signing day is the twenty first. So we are. As you're listening today, uh, 15 days away uh, from the uh, the early signing period for uh, for the for college football, uh, we'll continue to monitor the transfer portal. We'll see if anybody else with maroon and white ties jumped in. Maybe look at some guys on Thursday that maybe Mississippi State should be targeting. We mentioned Allie Jennings, the receiver, but who else should the Bulldogs be getting a look at? As we as the portal fills up, we'll have an idea of who they can look at and who might actually be interested uh, in coming to Starkville. Plus, we got to keep talking MSU basketball uh, this week. All right, guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.